reconcile all things. By Jesus, who reconcile all things to himself, by him. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through the blood of his cross. And you, you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, also became a minister. Um, when Adam and Eve sinned, what they did they turned to become enemies of God. They turned their backs to God. But what they also did, they became enemies of creation itself. They became enemies of creation. And the creation became enemies of them. The Bible says that when they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden, they were thrown out of everything that had been created for them. And God put angels with the swords of fire rotating at the uh, gate of Eden. And when he did that, that meant they couldn't come back to where they had peace. They couldn't come back to where they had joy. They could never come back home. And so there was hostility between Adam and God. And there was hostility between Adam and what had been created for him. What was created to bring him peace and joy became a place where he was alienated. Now the Bible says that Jesus came. When Jesus was sent, it pleased the Father that all the fullness of God should dwell in this one man. God did not give many answers to men. He gave one answer, one answer, and all the fullness of God dwelt on this one man. You have heard in the world, and they said, do not put all your eggs in one basket. God put all his eggs in one basket. And in fact, we are called to put all our eggs in one basket called Jesus Christ. And so he says, that all the fullness of God, all the desires, all the hopes, all the confidence of heaven and of earth, they were in this one man called Jesus. And as he stood and walked upon the earth, all the hope of heaven and all the hope of earth was resting on this one man in Galilee who was walking among us. And the Bible says that it, it, it delighted the Father, that it pleased him that his fullness should dwell in this man. And all the hope of creation should dwell also in him. 
Jesus did when he went on the cross. The Bible says he brought peace between us and God through his blood and he brought peace between us and creation through his body. And so it's almost as if Jesus walked and marched right through the garden, the gate of the garden of Eden, and the swords that were going back and forth, they slashed him and killed him so he could buy us back and bring us into the garden of Eden. And I want to mention that because previously creation was actually in antagonism to us. Creation was alienated from us. Creation was in hostility with us. But Jesus says that in those days the lion and the lamb shall lie together and they shall be led by a small child. The kingdom of Jesus becomes a kingdom of peace. Now I want you to know that peace has been declared between you and God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah? Amen. Peace has been declared between you and God. There's an interesting uh, statement in the Bible where the Bible says, and God amused Moses to kill him. God amused Moses to kill him. Now, if you have ever played a game called hide and seek, because there is no other way for my mind to interpret that scripture. God tells Moses, go to the land of Egypt, go talk to Pharaoh, tell him I have sent you. And then the Bible says, and God amused Moses. God hid so he could kill Moses. And my thinking is, where was he hiding? Why not just tell Moses I'm going to kill you? There was a very tense relationship in the Old Testament between man and God. And many died, many died in the Old Testament because there was no peace between man and God. You either did it or he killed you. Now Jesus came and fulfilled every commandment. He came and fulfilled all the demands of the law so that we could live in a space called peace. Peace is a land. Peace is a territory. God stops being 
against us, God was now for us. Because of the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus allows us now to have peace with creation. And so I'm not living my life seeing what will harm me. I'm not living my life wondering what will kill me. There is peace between me and creation. <laughs> Amen. The other day I was mowing the lawn and I stumbled upon a nest of hornets or yellow jackets or whatever it is. Very angry things. Uh, I don't know if they are just naturally angry or, or just angry with me for destroying their house. And they stung me. And I had to go back and talk to them and tell them you are misbehaving. <laughs> there is peace between me and you. You are not supposed to be attacking me. Peace has been declared between me and you. Amen. A dog that used to chase me in my neighborhood. Back, wait, wait. I even know the name. It's called Spider. I don't even know why you name your dog Spider. And they call the dog Spider. And Spider knew my knew me. I don't even knew my smell, but for some reason, every time I would go to the shop, Spider would find me. If I go on the other side, if I pass the other way, Spider would chase me. Until I realized that I have peace with the creation. And I told Spider, you are chasing the wrong person. I am actually your master. You see, the enemy operates in ignorance and darkness. As long as you think that you are supposed to be chased, as long as you think you are supposed to be a victim, the enemy will victimize you. That's why you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This preaching I did a while ago, and I was telling people how we even have authority to stop the rain. To stop the rain. And young people, thinking and Juguna, and Helen, and all of them, they decided to experiment. And one day it was raining outside in the previous building. And they said, we are going to walk to the gate and then it will stop raining when we come back. And they walked all the way to the gate in the rain. And when they got to the gate, the rain stopped. And they walked back. Uh, there was no rain. There is peace between you and creation. There is not great faith, just understanding. Bacteria are not supposed to mess with you. There is peace between you and creation. Doesn't mean they won't sting you like they did. But you can go back and say, by the way, you are trespassing. This is misbehavior. Jesus could command the storm to cease because he was above creation. 
you are created above creation. Jesus operated as man ought to operate. And they said, they marveled that God had given such authority to man. When they saw him command the storm, their reaction was this. They marveled that God had given such authority to man. Not to God, to man. There is peace between you and creation. I have a grandma on my wife's side. She just celebrated roughly a hundred years. You know back then, it's roughly. It is estimated between a hundred to hundred and five, but we did the Bible for a hundred years. And there is this thing she would do. Uh, actually, she looks younger than some of her daughters. She looks very young. For 100 years and she has been flying here up and down. She come visit us. In fact, they just demolished her house. She was living by herself. She refused to move in with anyone. And I am told this is what she would do. If you die and in your family, she will come to your coffin and tell you, uh, who am I going to use? We're all like talking about death. <laughs> Let's say Jacob. <laughs> don't someone to hate me. Jacob, you go and don't come back for me. You are the one who decided to go. Eh? So you say, I'm a ticker. Where do you make ticker? Don't come for me. I am not done. And the lady is walking without a step. A hundred years of mind is too sharp. You have power and authority over creation. You understand that? Creation only acts on you what you allow it to do. At the Garden of Eden, the curse was the land shall be against you. There will be thorns and vessels and briars. And since you shall eat the sweat of the ground, the snake will be against you, and whatever it is you had shall be against you. Now, what Jesus did, uh, they put a crown of thorns. The very thorns that was part of the curse, Jesus took on himself and broke that curse. And then he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. At the Garden of Gethsemane, he cried, he cried out to God. And the Bible says great drops of blood from his sweat fell to the ground. And when that blood touched the ground, it broke the curse that said, you shall eat the sweat of the of your uh, the, they shall eat your sweat and by your labor you shall till the ground and the ground you shall rest so riches out of the ground and it was almost as if for adam there was a curse that he was supposed to wrestle resources out of the ground 
And when he broke it, he said, you are now blessed. And the ground shall be blessed because of you. Remember the ground was cursed because of Adam. Now the ground is blessed because of you. Wherever you step in, that place is blessed. If there were no businesses going around, wherever you, you step. Amen? Amen? You don't ask for Businesses happen because you're there. If Alabama was cursed because of the slaves and because of all the prejudice that was here, when I step into this place, this place becomes blessed because of me. The curse is broken because I carry the one whose blood broke the curse. And so I don't go looking for where the blessings are. The blessings come looking for me. Jesus broke the castle was on the ground. But the thing is, he says, if you continue in the faith that was given to you through the gospel, if you continue in the faith, remember there was the sword. Now, the sword is not against us. The sword now is in our hands. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God has a sword that he fights the enemy on your behalf. But you also have a sword. And you fight the flesh and you fight the world. There is a sword that was against us. Now that sword has been given in our hands. That we may be able to silence the desires and the, and the push of the flesh. Because it is the word of God that keeps saying, you must follow Jesus. The word of God and David says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. When it comes to standing, you don't stand because you have a verse. You stand because the word of God has dwelt in your heart. Let me say that again. When God speaks to you, it is not necessary for you to say that to someone else. In fact, I would suggest, I would advise you, whenever God gives you a revelation, keep it. In fact, I command you in the Lord. Amen? Amen. The verse that God was sharing with you last night or this morning, don't share it with anyone. Meditate on it. Something happens when you share too quickly. Something happens when you share what God is doing in your life. You lose the seed that was supposed to become a tree so people can eat of it. You give up the seed. And so whatever God is dealing with you, don't call me and tell me, Pastor Jacob, God was telling me this. I had this verse I want to tell you, I want to share with you. Because God is doing a mighty thing. When you do that, and I am not where you are. Most of the times, you will find that you don't have the same excitement on the other side as you have. And you feel, end up feeling so foolish about it. And you lose the word that was supposed to become a tree. And that tree was supposed to be eaten by others. And so God gives you a word today that shall help you stand 20 years from now. But we must be able to exercise and to operate with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need to value what God says about all of us. We need to 
says to us above all else. Because thy word is a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. You know how much you love God by how much you obey. How much you love God by how much you obey. Abraham was not tested his faith when he gave up Isaac. God said, I now know that you love me. I now know that you love me, seeing you have not withheld your son and you have obeyed my word. Our love for God is not in the songs we sing. You say, we love you, we will never stop. It's not in a song. The love for God is not in a song. The love for God is in our obedience. It is in our obedience. Our relationship to what he says, our relationship to what he has said, is the measure of whether or not we love God. How the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Which means, obey the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And so, the cost of this land called peace, the cost of this land called peace, the cost of retaining this land called peace is your sword. Be vigilant. Be vigilant with the sword of the spirit. Because your flesh and the world will want to encroach and infiltrate this land called peace. And that is where you stand with the sword of the spirit, the word of God. That's where you stand and say, I know what God has said. Sometime ago, someone really, really offended me. Really seriously offended. And I had every right to do away with them, and everybody would have understood. Everybody would have understood if they heard the story. And I am now thinking, you know, those are times you don't even want to ask God what he thinks. I am thinking of myself what I'm going to do. How I'm going to use the power that I have to destroy this person. And I probably would have had the inkling and the power to do that. And as I'm struggling with these thoughts and wondering how I'm going to take this step and take the other step and then I will destroy them, they'll never be heard of again, nobody will ever touch them again. I started struggling with this thing. The idea that God has said to give you your enemies. Not your friends. Actual enemies. Forgive your enemies. Love those who hate you and pray for them. Do not cast them. Bless them. Do them good. Overcome evil with good. And so there is what the flesh, the satisfaction 
that the flesh wants to destroy this person. And it is what the word of God has said. Forgive and pray for those who despitefully use you. When they say all manner of false things against you, bless and do not curse. And so now there is there, there is there is opposition. As I said, he calls it juxtaposition. There is what God has said, and then there is what I want. There is a satisfaction I want at that moment to destroy the person. Even if I don't destroy them, at least to carry them in bitterness. Even if I don't carry them in bitterness, to ignore them. Because you know, we have baggage. We start with kill them. They say, maybe don't kill them. Just never be in their destroy their reputation. Maybe don't destroy their reputation. Ignore them and avoid them and make sure you are never close to them. And then you move on from there. You come to the place where you say, okay, maybe just don't think about them. Let them be dead to you. But Jesus doesn't call us to be neutral. I knew the word. And the word kept saying to me, you actually bless them. Bless them. And do not curse them. Pray for them. <laughs> Pray for them. Huh? You take a day and a fast for God to bless them. Now I can barely fast for my friends. Now you're telling me to fast and pray for someone who is out there to destroy me. Says there, because then you shall become children of your father. Then you shall become children of your father. So there is the sword of the spirit and there is a flesh. And I realized that God has given me this person so that I can deal with that part of the flesh that wants to be glorified, that wants to fight for its own rights. And this is an exact time to use the sword of the spirit to deal with the flesh. Because if there is flesh strong in this area, flesh will destroy me in another area. So the sword of the spirit that was used to keep us from Eden, now we use the sword of the spirit to extend the territory that God has given us in the land called peace. So we make peace with our enemies, we make peace with our friends, we make peace wherever we go, we make peace with nature. And the Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, before I finish. Because God has made peace with us. If God be for us. He says, we are now very much well understood. We are convinced that we are more than conquerors. That we are more than conquerors. A friend of mine I went to see in the hospital. Anyway, leave that alone. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. He says, if God be for us, 
who can be against us? Does it even matter? Does it matter who is against you? Does it matter who blocks you on Facebook? Does it matter who doesn't accept your friendship or doesn't like your picture? Does it matter? If God has put a tick on your life, does it matter that you, the teachers don't like your child? Does it matter that your neighbor doesn't like you? Does it matter that your brothers are saying that you are this and the other and you become proud and arrogant? If God be for you, whose approval do you need? Whose approval do you now need? If God has put a tick on you through Jesus, When Bishop Ongara was here, we sat down with her and she gave me her contact, she gave me her personal number, her work number, her personal secretary's number, and all of those was like six numbers. And the personal assistant came later and told me, do you understand what just happened? She doesn't give those numbers to anybody. I even don't have those numbers. And I told her, that doesn't impress me because I have the direct line to the God who created her. Amen? Amen. I talked to the God who made her. I talked to the God who she lives and worships. Man, the Bible says the Lord is my light and my salvation. What can a man do to me? The only favor you need is a favor of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Some of you are waiting to hear a favor from Donald Trump. Some of you are waiting for a letter from Uhuru so he can call you into his White House and State House. But the only the Bible says that favor is deceptive. Favor is deceptive. Favor is deceptive. The only approval you have is the one who is a king of kings before whom every king will bow. And you pursue his favor, it will no matter who accepts you or who rejects you. Even the devil will help you. Amen. Amen. Even the devil will begrudgingly help you. There's a lady with a very ugly neighbor. Because she would pray and then she would say, God is doing this, God has blessed me. And you say, how are you saying God has blessed you? Some of this thing is not God who does it. You say, um, uh, you'll be surprised at things that God does for me. And the neighbor got angry because he did not like God and he did not like her. Eventually, he came uh, one night and he dropped some groceries uh, at the door. And the lady picked them up and they met the next day. Say, I'll give you a testimony. Last night, God sent groceries to my door and now you can come and we eat. And the guy said, I caught you. So what do you mean you caught me? Because it was not God who dropped the food. It was I who brought the food. And the lady said, it's amazing. God will even use the devil to bless me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You don't worry who likes you. You don't worry who approves you. We have peace with God. We have peace with God. 
There's another ugly neighbor. I don't know why I'm talking about neighbors. Maybe you're having some funny ones. And you're supposed to pray for them. There's another ugly neighbor. Very ugly, this one. It's a lady. And it's a white lady and a black guy moved next to her and she got mad. And so what she would do, there's a little bit graphic, but she would take her poop and throw it over the fence to this guy's house. People are crazy. And so every day, her poop and her dog's poop all the way to this guy's house. And what this guy did, he planted some rose flowers where the poop would fall. And one day the lady is sick, goes to the hospital, Israeli cuts her roses, takes them to this uh, lady. And she said, why are you coming and you know how much I have been against you, how much I have been throwing stuff in Do you not see what I have been doing? He said, no, no, I saw it. Actually, these roses are from the stuff you have been throwing into my yard. to recognize your degrees. You don't need anybody to approve your children. You don't need anybody to see that you're doing good. The only person you need is God. And there is nothing left because Jesus has already secured your approval. Jesus has secured your approval. There is peace between you and God. If anybody makes you feel bad, like God is about to kick you in your behind, they are not from God. If you continue in the faith, the Bible says if you continue in the faith, then you will know the gospel we preach is that peace has been declared. Peace has been declared between us and God. In 1945, the World War II was finished. World War II was finished in 1945. In 1960, they found a Japanese soldier who was lost in the wilderness. He had been fighting a battle by himself. And he was about to shoot the American soldiers who were in Vietnam. Not knowing that now we are in another battle. We are in the Vietnam War. He is still fighting a battle 15 years before. And he could not believe them that peace had already been declared and Hitler had been defeated and Japan had been vanquished. But he never knew that peace had already been secured. I pray that there may not be among us people who are still fighting battles that have no business fighting. Jesus has paid it all. Jesus has paid it all. And you are more than a when you're entering into the business world, when you're raising your children, don't go thinking that things are going to get bad. No, it's already been declared that they are good. When you're moving to your new neighborhood, don't go checking whether it's going to get bad. Don't go expecting bad. Good has already been declared over you. Test the Lord and see that he is good. Test the Lord. Test and see that the Lord is good. He is good when you're raising little children. He is good when you're raising teenagers. People will tell you teenagers are crazy. They will tell you this and this and this and the other. They are experienced. But for you, you know that you are more than a conqueror and peace has been declared between you and the teenagers. Amen? Amen. Maybe their teenagers gave them hell. But for you, 
because of revelation and understanding, don't fight battles that have already been finished. Don't fight battles that have already been finished. He has made peace between us and God in his blood, between us and creation through his body. Now for the soldier who was lost in the wilderness, it was very real. The battle was very real. If he gave a testimony, he would have told you, we are fighting. Salvation is hard. Going to heaven, I don't know whether we will make it. You, and those things would have been real to him. They would just not have been true. There are people who are giving you their life experiences and they are real to them, but they are not the truth. There are people who are giving you their struggles. They are explaining to you how hard life is, how hard life is in Jesus, how hard life is in America, how hard life is as a father of a teenager, as a mother of a teenager. They are telling you their experience because they are still in the jungle fighting a battle that has been won. But you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. For that soldier, what they did, they told him the truth, he refused, they opened the books for him, they opened the newspapers, they took him all the way to the emperor, and when he saw the emperor, he knew that truly the freedom and peace has been declared. to you that peace has been declared over your life. When the sons of Jacob came and they told you Joseph is now the king, the prime minister in Egypt, Jacob did not believe them. He did not believe them. But what Joseph had done, Joseph had sent them with camels and, 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 and horses. And so what they told Jacob, if you don't believe that Joseph is alive and is actually the prime minister of the place we are going to, come and see the camels and the gates he gave us. And when Jacob came out of the tent, the Bible says, now I believe. Now I believe. Now how do we know that peace has been declared for us? Jesus said, I go to my father and when I get there, I will send the Holy Spirit. And he shall be your guarantee that peace has been declared. He is a guarantee of your redemption. Now the question is, did the Holy Spirit come? Did the Holy Spirit come? Did the Holy Spirit come upon the earth? And if the day of Pentecost came, that is the guarantee, that is a sign that peace has been declared for us. We now can see the camels. And that's why it's important for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he is a sign that peace has been declared between you and creation, between you and God. On a prayer for you.